welcome to the RBL Podcast. I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. Rise by lifting, rise by lifting others. You rise, you rise, you rise, you rise, you rise. Hey RBL community, recently I celebrated nine years of salvation and I can't believe that nine years have flown by already. I can still remember every event leading up to that day that I was witness to for the last time and stepping into my church for the first time. I can still remember being filled with tongues and experiencing God's presence so strongly for the first time on September 7th, 2015, basically a year later after making a decision for Jesus. I remember the day I made a decision that my life would completely belong to Jesus and there was no turning back for me. So much has happened in these past year and I've come to experience some of the most amazing times of my life, but I must admit, I've also experienced some pain, disappointment, and hurt. Nonetheless, in any type of season that has come my way, God has been faithful. So today I wanna share with you some lessons I've learned from my walk with Christ thus far. So let's get right into it. First things first, things change when you prioritize God. Okay, so many of you may know, as I have shared different parts of my testimony in different episodes, I came from a religious background and that experience alone allowed me to live my life the way I wanted to live it and still add a dose of Jesus on Sunday mornings. And of course, you know, whenever life got a bit harder than I expected. So when I got saved and came to my church in particular, I was surrounded by believers, genuine believers, just want to clarify that, who aimed to put God first in everything they did. So that, of course, did not come easy to me, if I'm being honest with you, because life for me was putting my education, my job, and even sometimes my family and my own pleasures first, and then fitting God into my busy schedule. And if I couldn't, then, you know, I would miss out on coming to church, sacrifice reading my Bible, or spending time in prayer. In other words, God and his kingdom came last or was always secondary. So God really taught me how backwards this was. And I remember him giving me a revelation through reading the book of Ecclesiastes, which I initially hated because it clearly challenged my way of thinking and processing of life. But of course, in God's faithfulness, he opened up my eyes and renewed my mind to seeing that, you know, the pursuits The things that I was basically pursuing, you know, in and of themselves were not terrible things, but what I was doing at the time was I was putting them above God. And so what I was doing was basically allowing myself to chase the wind, you know, rather than Jesus being my Lord, he was just my savior, but not the Lord over my life. These pursuits were Lord over my life. And the irony of it is again, like none of these things were bad in and of themselves, but they had no eternal value to them. So if I then put them above God, what meaning did my life really have? And so after getting that revelation that it really doesn't profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his very soul, I shifted things around and made my schedule revolve around God and his kingdom first. And I'll tell you this, so much growth and intimacy in my walk with Jesus came from that. And I was still able to do other things without sacrificing my relationship with God. 
And now the book of Ecclesiastes is one of my all-time favorite books in the Old Testament. Look at how things turned around. <laughs> okay, so number two, some things do take time to heal. Okay, so of course, you know, when we all come to Christ, um, we all come with some level of brokenness. And the reality of it is we all need healing to some degree, whether that's mentally, emotionally, you know, all of us spiritually, physically, you name it, we need it. There is no doubt, however, that our first initial surrender to Christ brings a level of peace and healing to some degree. But as you continue in your walk, you begin to realize that certain patterns, behaviors, mindsets can still linger. So does that mean, you know, you're not saved or something is wrong or quote unquote, Christianity doesn't work and, you know, you should begin doubting God? The simple answer is no. See, we have to remember that some things do take time to heal. And I struggled, for example, with mind hassles a lot, especially in the beginning of my walk with Christ. And my processing of negative experiences was not always the best. I had a difficult time with believing that God would even want to use me and lies would flood my mind constantly. So I basically had to learn over time how to use the word of God as a weapon against these lies and choose to believe in my new identity in Christ. Christianity, I must say, requires a lot of unlearning, destructive behaviors, attitudes, and mindsets that hinder you from experiencing the fullness of God while simultaneously learning the right way of thinking and processing life and behaving the way that God has called you to. So it's not an overnight thing, as the Bible makes it clear that sanctification, which is basically purification, um, you know, or becoming holy, basically, is a process. And one of my favorite verses that has encouraged me over the years is Philippians 1.6, that he who began a good work in us will bring it into completion on the day of Christ Jesus. God's work in us will continue. We just have to keep holding on and trusting him through the process. Learn to allow yourself basically some grace and, you know, remember the work that he's already done so far. You know, keep going, keep obeying, keep submitting, and... Honestly, as long as you keep abiding in Jesus, you'll be looking back a year, two years, you know, ahead and you'll see that like, you know, so much has changed. So yeah, let those changes encourage you and let those be some reference points. So the third thing I want to point out is basically, well, you know, it kind of relates to the previous point that I made is that church is a hospital, which means that you will experience conflict. And I know this is kind of like an unpopular thing because sometimes, you know, you'll meet people or I've met some people who, you know, are no longer in church because of some sort of conflict or church hurt. So when I first got saved, I realized I had a mindset about other Christians that, you know, God needed to basically renew. And I'm so grateful that he did because I used to believe that those who profess to be followers of Christ could do no wrong. After all, Jesus did no wrong, right? So shouldn't those who followed him be the same? Now, that is both ironic and hypocritical if you think about it. The reality of it is people, you know, are, well, <laughs> people, including Christians. And, you know, people are imperfect beings. Now, does this excuse bad behavior in ourselves and others? Not at all. 
What it does remind us is that even as believers, we have to remember that the same God who is doing a work in us daily is doing a work in others. And so with that being said, sometimes one person's weakness may rub your weakness the wrong way, and this creates conflict. Conflict, to be honest, is inevitable, but it isn't so much of whether or not it will occur, but what you will do with it when it occurs and how you will deal with it in a Christ-honoring way. I don't think conflict or disagreements should lead you to leave church or write off God's people completely. I mean, the Bible itself challenges us with the question, like, how can you love a God that you haven't seen but hate your brother whom you have seen? You know, you can't claim to love God and hate others, especially those in the kingdom of God. Now, of course, disclaimer, this doesn't mean that you are going to be best friends with everyone. I'll burst up a bolt right now. You won't be. There will be people you enjoy being around and honestly, others not so much. (laughs) And there will be people you get along with easier than others. There will be people that you may even once had a relationship with at some point in your walk, but for whatever reason, you may grow apart from, you know, whatever the case may be over time. I'll even add, there may even be people that just don't like you, you know, some perhaps for a reason and others for no reason. Honestly, whatever the case, I don't think any of these are valid reasons for writing off believers completely or hating anyone or even walking away from church and Christianity altogether. Give the hurt to God and learn to move on. Keep your heart guarded from bitterness, forgive quickly, and honestly, you'll be all right. Okay, so... Moving on to point number four, Um, and again, in the whole atmosphere of relationships, the company that you keep matters. Okay, so if you're around people who are nonchalant about their walk with God and are only focused on being carnal and having a good time, you know, if they don't take ministry seriously or have weak convictions, never seem to gain victory in any areas of their lives or aren't aiming to grow, I'll tell you this, it's only a matter of time before you become the same way. It's much easier to pull someone down than it is to pull them up. And you want to be around people that are going the same place that you want to go. Remember that bad company does corrupt good morals. You know, the Bible said it first. (laughs) And yes, that doesn't necessarily mean that certain friends are bad in and of themselves unless they literally are doing the opposite of everything you stand for and try to get you to do it with them but sometimes you know they just some people just aren't helpful in your walk um and it's okay keeping a distance or cutting them off if it's affecting your walk with christ you know um and again this could look different for every single person if you are in a place where it's like hey i i really want to you know outreach more or i really want to take my walk with christ to the next level but the friends you're around are kind of you know they're okay with perhaps just coming to church and not really getting too involved you know it doesn't hurt to try to find new relationships you know that doesn't mean you stop loving these people it just means that you want to do more in your walk with god and it's totally fine to find people who are on that same page as you are now of course we did an entire episode on this topic called quality friendships so if you haven't listened to that go ahead and check that out for more information on this 
Hey, RBL community, please remember to follow this podcast and follow us on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And now back to the episode. Okay, so my next lesson that I have learned is sometimes you'll have to serve God with a question mark. And I remember hearing this um, from one of the pastors that had come and did, I believe, a revival for us. I don't know. I don't remember who it was and when it was, but I just remember those words always sticking with me. Now, I don't think we ever will completely understand God. And to me, that makes sense because he's God and we aren't. You know, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. I think sometimes we try to find an explanation for everything and try to use logic, our own desires and emotions to work out a situation. We may even use words like, well, you know, maybe God is just using this to change me or God is allowing this to happen, etc. You know, but if we're honest, how do you really know that? We don't have all the answers and we never will. And I don't believe we will on this side of life anyway, to be honest with you. So what has kept me over the years, however, in the midst of confusion and hardship is understanding God's character and learning to trust that even when I don't understand things, he is a good God who loves me and has a purpose for my life and his plans for me are good. That he makes all things work out for good for those who love him. So if it's any comfort to you at all, Learn God's character through the word. Understand and believe and note down reference points, as I mentioned earlier on, in which you've experienced, you know, his loving nature and aim to go back to these points when you feel discouraged. And remember that although you may not understand what the future holds, you can have confidence in the one that holds your future in his hands. All right. So my next point, and we're getting through these. Prayers aren't always answered the way we expect them to or in the time frame that we expect. Okay, so when I think of this point, I think of, you know, several memes out there that kind of demonstrate an expectation versus reality type of experience. So our prayers can be like that sometimes, you know, you you pray for a job and expect it's going to come, especially when you're doing your due diligence to apply But instead, what happens is sometimes you end up waiting longer than you anticipated. You end up going through additional trials, battle between faith and discouragement. And then finally, finally, when it's all said and done, (laughs) you finally land an opportunity. Now, if you're anything like me, at some point, you may have wondered, why couldn't this have been a more direct experience? Like, why did I have to go through all of those ups and downs and all arounds and why could it just been a straight path you know and the answer to that is honestly i don't know but what i have come to understand is that there are things that do challenge our character and thus allow us to grow i love the way romans puts it that we can rejoice when you know we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation in other words sometimes as we're praying for things god allows us to wait before we receive them and this enables us basically to grow in our character and trust him In a generation that demands instant everything, God does not succumb to our childish demands for having things, you know, right at the very moment. He gives us what he sees fit in the moment that he sees fit. And 
honestly, it works because he knows better than we do. He sees everything from the beginning to the end and from the end to the beginning. So this also means that sometimes we can receive, you know, um, basically our prayers in a way that we didn't expect to receive them. And other times we may also receive the things that, or rather, we may also not receive things at all. Um, and so I've experienced all these things, basically, and these different types of circumstances when it comes to prayer. And over time, it's allowed me to realize more and more that God knows best. So I can now rest knowing that he has good plans for me. And even when things don't play out how I expect them to in the time that I expect them to, that in him, things will work out for the way he ought for them to work out. And yeah, all things do work out for my good. So, <laughs> um, okay, so my next point is on boundaries. Now this one is again one of those that I must admit took me some time to really grasp and even apply into my own life. But I just want to point this out that boundaries are healthy. So I used to think that as a believer it meant I had to say yes to everything and be there for everyone at all times no matter what, even if I genuinely couldn't. I mean after all, love is sacrifice, right? And okay, yes, it is. And there is a time for, you know, all of that. And I, I don't believe that we should make life all about us and never do things outside of our comfort and only when it's convenient. However, sometimes the answer can be no. No, I cannot attend a fellowship today. No, I cannot babysit. No, I cannot do this task. No, I can't stay on the phone with you for hours and listen to you complain about how life is only hard for you. When I would say no, I would begin to feel a sense of guilt that somehow I was not being considerate, that someone, you know, would want me to attend an event, you know, usually not ministry related or wanted me to do something that I simply could not, you know, whether it was in the moment or at all. And sometimes you know, some of the reasoning for it would, if I'm honest, like, <laughs> it would just be because I was just too tired, you know, and, but that would allow me to start feeling guilty, you know, saying no to a person because I would feel as though I was letting them down. Although I knew a restful evening or, you know, an afternoon, whatever the case may be, was just something I so desperately needed in that moment. Now, I've come to learn that instilling healthy boundaries as a believer is okay, and you can say no without feeling guilty. Sometimes people will not understand. However, it's not my job to make them understand. I can only hope that the boundary is respected. But again, I want to be clear that setting boundaries is not the same as dismissing everything. I think, you know, we should do things that may sometimes be of an inconvenience to us and I think we should sacrifice our time and energy for others and there have been several times where you know maybe I would need rest but I would forgo it because I genuinely wanted to be there um, for someone or you know just be somewhere whatever the case may be but it's also important to note that you shouldn't be afraid of saying no when needed only because you know you're just trying not to displease a person. And so, yeah, healthy boundaries are needed, you know, so just wanted to point that out. Okay, so 
we're almost there. We're almost there. My final point and my final lesson is discipline begins where motivation ends. Okay, so discipline is so crucial in our walk with God. And I'm sure if you've been safe for some time or honestly, even in just even outside of Christianity, just in general, discipline is very, very crucial. But of course, pertaining to Christianity, it's extremely crucial in our walk with God. I thought after making a decision for Jesus, you know, I would forever always be on a spiritual high, always wanting to dive into the word, always wanting to pray and always wanting to witness to others. But after some time has passed, you realize that there are days you just don't feel like doing certain things. So what does that mean? We forgo what we know we ought to do? Well, I'll put it this way. If you don't feel like bathing for a few days and choose not to, you're probably going to have a pretty bad odor. So regardless of how you feel, you'll proceed anyways. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that you do. Um, but in a similar way, and what I'm trying to get at is you can't live your life, you know, your day-to-day life based on what you feel like doing or don't feel like doing because our feelings are ever-changing. The Bible tells us clearly that our hearts are deceitful. So why then should we trust in it so much to make decisions based off of what it dictates in a certain moment? When we can set aside our feelings and reason with what is actually beneficial, we'll begin to instill disciplines in our lives that are much more fruitful and needed for our growth. So remember, it's always a choice. You can choose to move past your feelings. You can choose when you don't feel like reading your Bible to open it up and feed your spirit. You can choose to spend time with God when you much rather lay in bed, you know, for an extra hour or so. You can choose to go and witness to a person and tell them about Jesus and share with them what God has done in your life. Even when, you know, you feel as though, what's the point? You know, no one's listening anyway. You can choose to make a decision to show up to church, even when perhaps, you know, you just feel like you just don't want to go today because, you know, it's raining or it's snowing outside or whatever other reason you may feel is legit in the moment. And so discipline is always needed. And honestly, it it does pay off. And the more disciplines we add in our lives, the more we see how much growth we have over time. And so, yeah. That is that. There you have it. Now, honestly, there are so many more things I've learned from surrender to ongoing repentance to relationships to God's character. Honestly, the list goes on. And I know there's still so much to learn on this journey, but I hope the little bit that I have shared with you has been helpful, has been useful. And yeah, hopefully there are things that, you know, maybe you can relate to, or maybe there are more things that you want to add to this. Anyways, whatever the case may be, I hope you've enjoyed this. And until next time, RBL community, stay encouraged.